Don't rip it all up in one place. Episode 77 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm the sharpest tool in the shed, Alex Jaffe, and joining me this week is all-star Frank Cifaldi. All-star? Yeah, sure, yeah, I'm an all-star. Rockstar Tim Rogers. Oh, hey, what's up? And shooting star Adam Ripa. The shooting stars. Yeah, you break the mold, bro. Shooting stars breaking (laughs) the mold, rock stars uh, getting paid. Uh, Of course. Uh, Uh, All-stars go play. Yep. That's the one. Hey now. Uh, so, All right. That's so here, here on this show, what we do is I will introduce a topic that none of you guys have heard before, or maybe you have heard it, but not in the context of this show. Uh, at any rate, I haven't told you what they were before the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the point. You got six minutes to discuss it, then we move on to the next one, and we keep doing that until we reach a sort of final round, and uh, then you go home and enjoy it. Uh, you're probably there already because you're listening to us right now. I'm not. Oh. Adam is the only one here who's not in his home. That's oh, too bad. Yeah, I have to wear pants. I'm in my home. Yeah, you get in my home sometimes. You get to be in uh, Tim's home, Adam. So that's a big. Uh, nice. uh, uh, nice you, you you have an advantage over us all. You're a guest. Yes. We all have to uh, be host-like. So I don't know if you guys talked about my absence last week, but let's talk about Brandon's absence this week. Brandon is off at Dice in Las Vegas. Yes. So uh, that's why he's not with us, or he's dead. I forget. Oh, I want to. I want to say a little thing about Dice. Uh, people tweeting about it. Uh, yeah. They're saying stuff like, "This person says that this is the key to innovation, or whatever." <laughs> and I clicked on a couple of little articles about it. Guess what? I'm never going to that. Uh, oh, dice! Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't so I'm. I don't want to publicly rant about. And uh, like, why is Brandon at that? Because uh, he's Brandon writing is an article that, for Gama Sutra or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I would that... rather be homeless than make a dollar from writing about that. <laughs> I'm like not even kidding. I've done it before. I've been homeless well, before. Well, Brandon is there interviewing people. Which is well, that sucks. Writing up their t- <laughs> interview them on the interview them somewhere else. <laughs> Don't, 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 it's like, okay, to be slightly more serious, I don't understand at all what it is, and I don't care. So DICE, as far as I can tell, is a, a video game executive party. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, like, I, I, don't, I don't know that anyone actually believes that the talks are super valuable. I mean, like, GDC is a show that you go to to go to the talks, and you will learn stuff at GDC. Not always, but... You know, you you can pretty much guarantee you'll learn something if you go to enough talks. But Dice, I'm pretty sure no one believes that the talks are the draw of the show. I think it's just an excuse for executives to all be in the same place and uh, and uh, dine together and and make uh, business deals on the sides and what have you. Yeah, that's that seems like a thing. Blarg. But uh, I don't know. I kind of uh, maybe this is just the, the great American dream embedded somewhere in me. But uh, I would rather just be the guy who like. Uh, you know, people come to me, and they just they sit around and they they smoke cigars on my porch, and then I come out and say, "All right, you've got five minutes." Yeah, 
That's that's what I would rather do. I saw uh, a lot of retweets of Michael Patchkater, that guy. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, that uh, guy. Man, you want to know what? That guy, no offense, Michael Patchkater, I know that you're listening, <laughs> but you're the lamest guy in the whole world. <laughs> you're, like, the lamest, avuncularist, grandpoppy kind of guy uh, who's ever lived. You Michael know? Patchter is like a Voltron of NeoGAF posters. He's yeah. like five guys on the NeoGAF forms combined into one guy. He's like the lamest, oldest, weirdest dad. <laughs> you know? He's like if your dad he's like your dad if your dad has done lots of terrible things that no one will ever find out about. <laughs> you know? Like, lots of really bad criminal stuff, but nobody will ever find out about it. You know, we're kind of on a roll here. Jeffy, I hope that every topic is like, what do you hate about this thing? Well, actually, my first, <laughs> actually Frank, my first topic was, what do you think Brandon's doing right now? So oh. we're actually doing it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is it? It's yeah. good. Uh, right he now, so he's probably out someplace helping a video game executive bury a stripper. He's probably talking with Michael Patchkater. Yeah, no, right he now. wouldn't do that. Maybe he's uh, helping a video game executive bury Michael Patchkater. Michael Patchkater, that god darn guy. <laughs> I think he is at a bar in the hotel, uh, hanging out with some video game people. Talking right about. Now. I'm gonna text him right now. What, what does a Brandon Sheffield drink? Uh, Brandon drinks beer. Brandon likes IPAs. Beers. Yeah, he's drinking a he's drinking an IPA right now. And, I'm gonna uh, tell you another thing about uh about stuff. Beer is for poor people. That's not true. Yeah, that's all. all there is to it. <laughs> It'd be so much funnier if I was drinking a beer right now. Alcohol <laughs> is for poor people. I, and if I can. And if you don't like it, if you don't like me saying that, apparently, I, I guess you just don't have all the money in the world. You don't have all the money on the planet yet, do you? What about incredibly expensive alcohol? Nope. No, not, Poor not, not people. Like Hundred-year-old scotch or something that costs. You don't like get rich bucks. by wasting money. You get rich uh, by hoarding your money, never putting it anywhere. What if you buy a hundred-year-old bottle of scotch and then you just keep it forever? And it's like laced in gold. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? If there's like gold dust in the sky. This isn't this isn't good or bad. This is poor versus rich. Well, well okay, it's right. Not, right. It's not. It's not. Come on. Let's not be. Uh, Richness is about having lots richard. of money and spending absolutely none of it. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything we want to say about Brandon? Because I can almost guarantee he will never listen to this episode. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll never listen to it. Well, I do want to say a text is out. I'm asking him what he's doing right now. So we might have to revisit this. Oh, wait, here we go. He's eating Capriotis. Capriotis, I'm from Las Vegas, where Dice is from. Capriotis is a, is a deli slash sandwich shop uh, that specializes in having vegetarian meat. So he's eating, uh, I assume, a vegetarian meat Capriotis sandwich. He's watching Seinfeld. Oh, and, meatball sub there. And uh, he's changing to go to the Dice Awards show tonight. So that, that is what Brandon is doing right now. The Dice Awards show. So what do they do there? Do they like award the the sleaziest guy? Yeah. They put on suits. But do they award they, the guy who wore the largest suit? The guy with the <laughs> largest body size to suit size disparity? The guy who wore the loosest suit all year? I, I don't know why they keep holding the Dice Awards. 20-sided just sweeps it every year. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty good. Good Six joke. Six-sided is the old standard, though. Right. So that's what Brandon's doing. Well, I guess we know that. changed him. All right. Uh, yeah. 
Our next topic for Sirius is uh, we got to buckle down here because we've got uh, the greatest minds in video games all together here. So I'm glad he could join yeah, us. Now that Brandon's not here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so now is the chance, uh, once and for all, to determine how do we save Nintendo. How do we uh, save Nintendo? Mm. Well, there's oh, one thing. Dragon Nintendo Fantasy needs to release uh, an Android... No, no. Uh, I am working on uh, Dragon Fantasy 1 for 3DS. Um, okay. Almost literally as we speak. I stopped for a moment. Um, He's got it right there. Yeah, I could, I could put it on the thing. With oh, the my thing. God. Oh, my God. So that'll well, help. Don't uh, do that because this is an audio show. Tim, I'm sorry yeah. I interrupted you. I think it was a lag thing you were saying. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it was lag. Uh, Nintendo needs to make an Android console uh, that has a good, nice OLED screen. Uh, it needs to look like a PlayStation Vita, okay? I'm not, I'm, this is not a joke. It needs to look like a PlayStation Vita and just have a D-pad, two analog sticks, uh, four face buttons, two shoulder buttons. It needs to be all download-only games... And uh, it, they need to look pretty good and feel pretty good. And uh, it's Nintendo's own Android console. And then they need a Chromecast-like thing that yeah. you plug into your TV, right? And uh, that's your TV components where you're streaming the games to your TV. Yeah. And then they need to make a bunch of games such as Monster Hunter with the, or, or uh, Zelda Four Swords. They need to make a Zelda Four Swords that is like Monster Hunter. And then they have all of these four-player games that are on these four to six whatever player that are on this console that you can play with your friends with Wi-Fi when you get together. And then you can also have a TV component, like a Mario Party sort of thing. But the thing is, everybody has one of these consoles, and it's like 50 bucks because the parts are not expensive at all. You could actually manufacture it for 4 to $5, and Nintendo would make billions, and it would be the next second coming of the DS. They just need to give up on a couple of their ideas, uh, give up on motion controls, uh, give up on uh, the, the, what do you call it, the two-screens DS. It doesn't have to be a two-screen handheld. You mean like a yep. flip? It, yeah, it doesn't have to be a thing that flips. It doesn't have to have 3D. Just that thing. That's what yeah. I think they should do, and they could make little Mario games that expand and have, uh, you know, social network integration, Facebook, Twitter, you know. It, it should be extremely easy. Don't build your own social network. Uh, yeah. That's my advice that if I were uh, uh, an executive at, at their company, that would be my suggestion for what Now, Now, you said it's cheap, but you also said OLED. I think we got to strip out the OLED. If you want to go OLED, 50 bucks. OLED's not that expensive. It would be one of the more expensive components, but it wouldn't be uh, okay. it wouldn't be so bad. Like um, I, I do I've actually priced the components, believe it or not. Okay. It depends on uh, how big your bulk order is. Hmm. Now, uh why are we going Android just because it's uh guaranteed support sort of thing? Yeah, it's it's Google, it's uh it's yeah. big. Uh, it's ubiquitous enough and then you can also play the games on other platforms, but you've got them on the Nintendo. Okay. And it's just um, place for him. And I would call it the Nintendo Entertainment Device. It's the Ned. <laughs> the Ned. And this is all off the top of my head. So. Uh, so I I agree that their next system should be a should be a reverse Wii U. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I agree that it should be like because I mean I've I've. I want to live in the future where this thing, and, and if you're listening, you can't see, but I'm holding up my iPhone. 
This thing is a computer that I carry around in my pocket at all yep. times. Mine and has a 64-bit processor. That's true. I don't think mine does, and it's gold. No, yours does um, But the point is, is I, ha- I have a... Space gray? Yeah, space gray. <laughs> I have a very powerful computer that is in cool. my pocket at all times that I upgrade every two years. And, like, this should be my gaming console. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be able to fit, like, a DS into my life if that was my everything video game console that also but beamed to my, my TV. I got, I got both in there all the time. That's cool. iPhone. I get weird looks. Um, so I, I don't know if that's, like, something Nintendo should do right now, like, scrap their hardware and start over, but uh, that should be the plan for the next one I, as of I right think, now. Yeah, I think, like, uh, you know, I agree for the most part with what Tim said about making it a system that, you know, maybe it's Android-based, maybe it's not. I don't think they've got a huge problem with their core operating system. I think it's more like what they do. Well, they do. They have a problem with software support, though, from third party. Yeah, they do have a problem with software support, absolutely. And maybe this would solve that, maybe it wouldn't, I don't know. But like uh, you, you, you make it easy for me to put that Flappy Bird on your Nintendo. Yeah, and yeah. And then well, you have, you have yeah. software support. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I think... Uh, uh, yeah, isn't it distracting when I get the tweet? Um, stupid Twitter. Turn it Who face tweeted down, at me? Face down. Ah. Um, I think... Don't uh, edit that out, Blaine. What was that? Don't edit that out, Blaine. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, it, they've got all the Wii U games, they've got all the 3DS games, and there's the rumor that they're going to, you know, combine them somehow into one super system in the future. And I think that's... A very good idea. I think it needs to. They, they should retain the ability to do the dual screen thing, but make it either you can dual screen with like a screen on there, there, or like maybe it's one screen that displays the top screen and the bottom mm. screen. Yes, but it's got to be able to go to the TV with like a Chromecasty kind of thing, like he said, and it's got to have backwards compatibility with like everything they've ever done, and then have some sort of very very simple API that you can build. Uh, you know, like micro games for like Flappy yeah. Birds and shit. You know, and maybe it's Android, maybe it's uh, yep. maybe an implementation of Cocos. Okay, I'm one upping it because it's appropriate. Okay, go <laughs> um, for it. But I, uh, I, I, I kind of disagree with the notion that they have to have support for legacy DS and 3S, 3DS titles. I think they need, like Tim said, I think they need to ditch the concept of two screens for one game. I think that that's just limiting them and making making for awkward things to, to come out of Nintendo. And, and you know, if, if a DS game is worth revisiting, Nintendo has shown that they can take a game and redo it uh, for a way that makes sense to new systems. So, you know, play your old DS games on your old DS. Go grab one for $30 or whatever. Don't, you know, don't design new hardware around the need to play this legacy games. content. Yeah. That's well, not... I think, but one of the few things that I actually get excited about Nintendo's hardware with is the fact that it's got, you know, that it is a little bit different from everything else. Like, I want them to be able to have games that are, are standard games, which is why I think I think he's right that it should be like one screen, no hinge kind of thing. But yeah. like the 2DS is essentially one big screen with a strip of plastic in the middle of it to make it look like the it's two. Yes, man, they got darn thing. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a couple of them on my in my. Uh, in, in, my, in the back, in the trunk of your car, or what? Uh, in my, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a funny way to put bedroom, but like development chamber of horrors. I don't know. Um, sex den. Yes, sex den. Um, 
uh, and I used the 2D for that somehow. Uh, my, my bedroom is called the Cry Box. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, I uh, Cry Box. You know, I I I think like um, one of the things I'm really excited about doing with uh, with Dragon Fantasy for the iOS version is to have like I, I wrote all this you know, uh, 3DS support for it. I want to have, like, oh, if you hook it up to an Apple TV on the iPhone, like, it'll do the second screen that way, you know? And I think I think there will be people doing that sort of thing in the future. So if if yeah. if, uh, if they build a system that can play 3DS games, but it will put them on the TV, basically take all the, the things that the current two systems can do and make it easy, really, really easy, and not required, but just something that you can do. Like that, I think that would be really kind of exciting. All right, I think we're out of time on that question. Yeah, mm-hmm. we definitely are. Here's our next <laughs> one, though. When have video game series or developers most successfully broken out of their comfort zone? Comfort zone. Hey, Adam, can you mute your phone or something? That's not his phone. That's that's not my phone. It's what not mine that? either. Oh, is that Jaffe? I don't think so. Mine's muted. Somebody's phone is making a lot of phone sounds. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not mine. Let and me it's pulling me it. out of my... No, it's not. No, it's not me. It's pulling me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> my zone is very uncomfortable right now. I'm all about the discomfort zone. Yeah. Well, okay. It's a ghost phone. What's our next yeah. question? God darn ghost phones. So uh, it's a comfort zone. Oh, when right, it, right. When has uh, a developer successfully flopped out of their comfort zone? Or a game series, right? Or a game. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Um, what has been spun off into a different genre and worked? Well, I don't know. Super Mario Sunshine, they had that water jetpack. Mario had never had a forced power-up in the game. Is that yeah. Mario's comfort yeah. zone, just being about running and jumping. Mar- Mario 64, uh, well, there you go. This is a the un- unfortunately yeah. the best example. Yeah. Yeah. Mario 64 kind of invented the... Okay, now I know Tomb Raider, etc. existed before this, but uh, Mario 64 is like, heck yeah, it's a 3D game, and people are going to like it as much as they liked the 2D games, which mm-hmm. when you look at Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, 3, Super Mario World, and then Super Mario 64, it's, there, there are not two different types of video games uh, that, that still somehow have the same theme. So their comfort zone was making 2D action, adventure jumping, happy fun games, and that sound is driving me insane. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming. It sounds from. like it's coming out of this computer. Yeah, maybe it's coming in... from inside the house. It's coming. It's <laughs> definitely coming from inside the house. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. So Mario sixty four is an example of a game just being totally different. And uh, I mean, they had to be pretty comfortable making two D jumping side scrolling platform game levels with Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island and all those games. And then here it here's a three D one and. Uh, Look at this, jerks. We're just as comfortable with this. What it sort of felt like. Mm-hmm. I agree with that answer. I don't know that there is a better answer, but I'll try to think of other answers. I've been trying um, to do, and I'm like, I'm coming up with like basically every game that was around before 3D games were common that is still around today has that moment in its history. Like Final Fantasy VII, you know, big kind of difference between that and the games that came before it. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, I don't know, uh, not interesting well, to discuss for six minutes. Yeah, what about developers, though? Like, Some, uh, like an individual developer who 
took on something completely different. And and it worked, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's got to be some great examples of that, of like a studio that typically did franchise work and then had their own original IP that broke out or something. Well, I did that one time, except the IP didn't break out that well. <laughs> you got to break all the way out. You can't just poke your head out. You got to. Um, you didn't quite IP freely. No. Oh I, yes. I had um, I had serious issues with that whole zone. IP um, with a little bit of restriction. That whole comfort zone. Um, hmm. IP with a little bit of restriction. Yeah, you know, it's interesting though. Like I'm I'm trying to think of anybody who really has like gone totally out uh, of their their comfort zone as an individual, like as a video game developer person. You know, and then suddenly, you know, they've been making like first-person shooters, and then suddenly they make a really, really great, I don't know, puzzle game. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, who made the Luminous? Tetsuya Mizuguchi. But yeah, it was different. I don't know if yeah, he, like I don't think he ever had a comfort zone. I think the I don't entire think he ever world had a, is his zone. I don't think he ever had a comfort or a zone. Yeah. I don't know, I met that guy once. He just, he was like, uh, it was just like, hey, how's it going, Tetsu Mizuguchi? He's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, it's like, that. it's like, what? what do you, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. But maybe that, maybe, hmm. I don't know, it's hard to think, like, most of the successes in video games are people uh, are trying to do something and then they just get good at it. I mean, there's Hironobu Sakaguchi uh, made the Final Fantasy, you know, the first Final Fantasy as a guy who... Uh, had a you know him and his his company, it was their last ditch effort. They mm-hmm. were not in their comfort zone, and then they, but then he that was all he ever did, and it's all he does now. Is yeah, still make games derivative. Of I'm that. still waiting for them to remake King's Night. Oh man, that game's gonna <laughs> rock and roll. It's gonna be the best. I bought is that, that is that that vertical shooter where you play? Yeah, like, it's a vertical shooter. Yeah, like yeah, it's a very strange game. I bought it uh, when I was like. I don't know, I was in college, and I thought, oh, this is some great undiscovered Square game, and then I it's played it, so I was like, bad. this is really, really terrible. Yeah, they're, uh, I, I bet they're going to put it on iOS at some point. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. They'll, uh, King's Knight, All the Bravest, and you just rub the screen and King's give them the money, big bags of it. So I guess uh, if King's Knight was their comfort zone, then Final Fantasy was them breaking out of it successfully. <laughs> Man, oh, Yuji Hori was making graphical adventures. Uh, yeah. And uh, well, did he make yeah, anything yeah, more than Portopia? Portopia, it sure was. Mm-hmm. And then you know, made a game about a murder mystery, a cop procedural murder mystery. Then Dragon Quest. So in other words, who breaks out of their comfort zone? Extremely talented people. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's a good note to end on, I think. Yeah. Shigeru very Miyamoto. well done. <laughs> right at the buzzer, bam. Okay, guys, I'm, I'm hearing some kind of clicking or snapping or something. Now there's something. That's Jaffe's trackpad. Yeah, Jaffe, are you on? Are you, Jaffe, did you just buy a MacBook? Yes, I did just buy a MacBook. Are you using it right now? Yes, I'm using it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a bit of advice that yeah. some people don't like. Okay, but enable tap to click in the settings. I like tap to click on a Mac. The the, the that glass trackpad you have there is uh is so advanced, like. Like it's just it's not like any trackpad you might have ever used on a crappy laptop. Like the tap to click is really good and it has very little false negatives or false positives. Well, not false negatives wouldn't make sense. Yeah. It, there's there's very few instances of false positivity. 
So it, it's very precise. And the cr- the glass is made out of crushed fairy bone silicates. What what is it? It's it's uh, it's, it's gorilla glass, isn't it? Is it Gorilla Glass? Crushed fairy bone silicates. Yes, that's what Gorilla Glass is. Apparently, Apple's replacing all their glass and their upcoming devices with uh, industrial sapphire. Ooh. On this home button on this iPhone 5S. That's pretty cool. Anyway. Here's our next question. What's the deal with mobile games and birds? Oh, God. If you're you're asking what's the deal with... I mean, like, I guess the question is Angry Birds and... uh, You're still clicking. We're hearing that very loudly, by the way. Okay, um, great. So, uh, I guess the question is like Flappy Birds and Angry Birds being popular. Uh, I think someone's found a way to manipulate the App Store again. Like, if you look at the top apps right now, the top free apps are a whole bunch of Flappy Bird clones, and it doesn't make sense for me to for them all to be on the top ten list. But then, like, did you see one of the the second highest paid app right now? Is is a uh, template file from Game Salad? <laughs> like what? it's something wow. weird is going on. Right, I gotta take a look at that. All right, oh. Jeff, you're making all kinds of noises right now. Are you not <laughs> using your headset microphone? Or yeah, the headset it? microphone is not working. He's we're, we're picking up his headset one. I mean his uh, computer one. Crinkly. Picking up his crinklies. Yeah. <laughs> Crinkly picker. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree uh, with Frank, I though, that I think that there must be some sort of manipulation going on, because, like, I, All right. I really think get... everything's good. Oh, no, we, we must have a huge delay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flappy Bird, like, I, I was thinking about it this morning, and, like, uh, the only thing I could think was, like, it looks like it's, you know, like a cheap ripoff of Mario graphics with a little bird in it, so it's kind of got, like, I don't know. That's all I, like, there's nothing about that game that appeals to, to me. You know, it feels like an unfinished game. Um, well, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's get past the, like, obviously it didn't get popular because it's a crap game thing because I, yeah, yeah. that's subjective. Yeah, sure. I have I play the game. I mean, it's not a good game, but I downloaded it out of curiosity, and you know, I, I find myself loading it up on the turret. It's not a terrible game. It's a it's a cheap nothing game. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's not terrible. It's it's not. It didn't it didn't get on top of the charts. I think, despite its quality. Well, like, no, but got I mean, the charts. Many- there's so many games on the uh, iTunes store that are not terrible, you know, like I that pick up and play every once in a while. Uh, sure, but can... but my point is like I don't I don't I don't think we can make the argument that like it shouldn't be there because it's bad. No, like, no, I'm not and I'm okay. not saying that. I'm just saying okay. like I don't understand why it's like uh uh what what sets it apart from all the other games that are exactly like it that have been around for so long. Like to to have this game have been out for like almost a year already, and then suddenly it it, it catches fire for that for, happened to Angry Birds. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah, my I'm actually friends with a bunch of the people who worked on Angry Birds. Uh, yeah, because I used to work for a Finnish game studio, um, and I guess yeah, they were just as surprised as anybody. But were they I, really good at getting stuff done? N- oh, uh-huh. they were really good. Definitely. Very good joke. Uh-huh. I was working on that, Tim. I was percolating, and you snatched it out of me. I don't oh, get it. Finish? Finish. Oh, well, nice nice guys finish last. So. Oh, jeez. Up and up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess you weren't there when it got started. 
Nice guys from Finland uh, last. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's maybe I'm wrong, but like the App Store right now is just really weird mm-hmm. in a way that I haven't seen it be since the early Wild West days. And I think something strange is going on. Yeah. Well, I've been reading um, articles about, uh, you know, different ways people are manipulating the store right now through, you know, various uh, third-party companies that I'm not going to name. Uh, yeah. I actually know the CEO. Well, do, you, do you think it's just like paying <laughs> Koreans to download the game? Is it? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I uh, there's some weird stuff going on. I read yeah. some stuff about it. I talked to some people about it. There's some weird things that happen. Yeah. A lot of it is just kind of statistically natural phenomenon, uh, phenomena that occur when there's a game like a certain type of game, and then there's people's friends are like, you should try this one. It's better. And then like ten people try it, and then it moves up a place on the charts, and then it gets linked, and it's. Uh, gets linked as a game that is similar to this game, and then it sure. just, it's just algorithms taking on a life of their own, really. Mm-hmm. So so it's possible that uh, the only freak outlier here is Flappy Bird. Just somehow, what, however these things happen, took off, and then uh, the clones took off just because of it, sort of weirdly, but uh, in a way that makes sense. And then uh, I guess red bouncing ball spikes is just kind of a... Coincidence that that's happening at the same time? I can see that. Mm-hmm. That might be exactly what's happening. But yeah. the red bouncing ball spikes thing is just too weird. Like, I don't why? even know what you're talking about with that one. But I'll Okay, have... okay. Like, do you know what game salad is? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a template file that's been in game salad forever, and someone just published it as an iPhone game. <laughs> and, and it's 99 cents, and it's just nothing. It looks like garbage. And it's the top paid app. Right now, app. not even game app. So a game I, salad I, template file. It's never been easier to be a game designer. Yeah, I'd read a couple of things about like ways to uh, to put a game out on the thing and then change it from paid to free, and then like oh, sure. it back, and then you like spend like ten thousand dollars of your own money, but you get it, most of it back, and it pushes you so high up on top paid that you go, you know, nuclear fire hot, you know. But if there was a surefire way of doing that, we'd see that more often. And yeah, uh, yeah, like this, right. this is so random and strange that I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's really good. I didn't buy it. But point is, um, I've been I've been trying to learn Unity a little bit. I almost got that rollerball demo going. Mm-hmm. I think I'll publish that. See what happens. All right. You probably should. <laughs> That's time. Next topic. Yeah. Yeah. What? What fictional vehicle from a video game would you use to drive around Oakland? Uh, the, the 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 tank from Bionic Commando. Done. Wait, what? What the tank, tank from? Bionic? I'd, I'd use well, the arm from Bionic Commando if I'm going to use anything from. Oh no, not Bionic not Commando. Blaster, Blaster Master. I'm sorry. Oh, the tank that's from Blaster Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tank's okay. Uh, yeah, but of, once it's fully powered up, you can you can like stick to walls and stuff. It kind of feels like moving a Microsoft Word cursor around a document really fast, though. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't feel that great. I could go for an airship, you know, fly around sure. an airship, Final Fantasy or something. Where would Maybe you park that. it? I, I wouldn't park it. I'd just like rock out on an airship all the time. You just stop you know? it in the sky and then you you yeah. climb yeah. down. Yeah. Well, because airships don't need fuel, right? They just they just they just they fly just forever. Air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. I want to change my answer. Yeah, right? It's a fun one. Um, I think they're powered by Materia. I want a solar jet man uh, jet pod from the game Solar Jet Man. That's what mm. I want. 
Mm-hmm. I don't like that game. I, it'd probably be pretty fun to ride around in like one of the uh, F Zero cars or something too. You know, uh, tool tool down Grand Avenue or something. Like go get some stuff at Safeway and then yeah, you know. I'm guessing that cars like from Forza don't count. Definitely <laughs> not. That's, that's not good. Are uh, jetpacks vehicles? Can I jetpack Joyride around? No, that's an accessory. Oh. Oh really? <laughs> that's not a vehicle? I no. Hmm. Well, um, right. how about the plane from Flappy Plane? Uh, yeah. No. A number currently number seventeen. <laughs> what if we just like uh, got the Flappy Birds and and put saddles on them and and rode around on them? Well, that's a really rideable said, animal, not a vehicle. Yeah, no. and oh, it's a rideable animal. That's right. Rideable, rideable animals. Yeah. The rideable animals. That's a deep <laughs> callback. Uh, <laughs> um, and you, you don't you don't want to ride on Flappy Bird anyway, because Flappy Bird Flappy Bird touches a pipe and just immediately dies. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't there's, he doesn't bounce back or anything. He just falls. Yeah, and like, it would be a very bad way to get around, but there'd be something very nice about just like, you know, making Flappy Bird know who's know who's well, boss. Yeah, and also you'd you'd be very popular. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely popular. Yeah. So, I could um, use you know what else would be cool? Take the uh, the the uh, go down to Amtrak and take the Phantom Train from Final Fantasy VI. Ooh, yeah, I want to see all your dead relatives yeah. and like, treasure, yeah. and then duplex the train when you're done. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually a really good answer. It is. I'm good with that. I like uh, <laughs> I like the Phantom Train in Final Fantasy VI. It's a little bit scary, and it looks like it's probably a little dirty and doesn't smell very good. Yeah, I'm guessing it has a terrible odor. Aren't Can you I drive about random uh, encounters? What was that? Aren't you worried about random encounters? Yeah, I don't really want uh, the random encounters on it either. Yeah, well, well, how about uh, riding uh, Metal Gear Rex through the docks? That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Throw those shipping crates around and stuff. And, and going back to Bionic Commando, using the arm to swing around those uh, cranes would be pretty That's rad. That's an accessory, not a vehicle. No. It would still be pretty rad. Yes. You know, yeah. you could have called Blaster Master Bionic Commando, and it would have been fine. <laughs> I guess. It's about a kid who's chasing his pet frog. Yeah, but he could have been a commando of bionicness while he's doing it. Chasing his frog. He's commanding oh. his uh, bionic tank. Mm-hmm. Commando and Bionic Commando is not really even bionic. He just has a prosthetic arm that is sort yeah. of robotic. That's not. Is, you is think he even a commando? Prosthetic yeah. commando. I think being a cos- a commando is bigger. He should have been Commando Bionic. Should have been. Yeah. Captain Commando. El Commando de Prosthetico. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. El Commando. <laughs> yeah. I think just calling it El Commando. That'd be. <laughs> Pretty cool. Like so, uh, Capcom, Capcom pub- published Commando also. Is Bionic Commando the sequel? Yes. I, yeah. 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 You didn't know that actually. Super Joe is in both games. Yeah. Super Joe is the Commando from Commando. And uh, oh, I did know that, but it was like buried. Now I remember. Yeah, he takes out the yeah. base at the end, and he gets captured, and then in Bionic Commando, you have to go after him and get him. I don't think I ever cool. beat Commando. So in the beginning of the Genesis slash arcade game Strider, you're flying in a in a hang glider. Can, is a hang glider a vehicle? I'm going to say yes. Nice. Uh, so my, I mean, we, have, we haven't mentioned the Warthog from Halo, which is still the best vehicle in any video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's all bouncy and, uh, and floppy. And what about the ghosts from Halo and the Banshee? 
the Ghost would probably be the best vehicle in Oakland. I think I think Delicious McCune would agree with that because I, it's a, it's a high speed hovering alien motorcycle. I so really loved the one part of Mass Effect One that everyone else hated, which was uh, the Mako, where you get in that ship and just uh, drive up crazy mountains. Uh, that was oh the yeah, that one where it's like the infinite planets or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say my final answer is the Ghost from Halo because it's got just enough F-Zero to it. And it's got just enough. It's it's a motorcycle, so there could be some practicality. You, you'd fit in in the city of Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. It's purple, which is my favorite color, and uh, it's a hovercraft. I mean, come on. It's a, it's a hovering motorcycle with laser guns on the front of it. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's a good one, yeah. It's my fave. It's my fav. It's I started, my fav. I started thinking about like a mech warrior kind of thing, and I thought that'd be cool. But then I thought, wait a second, no, I like Cybernator for Super Nintendo way better than that. Anyway, I'd want to, I'd want to have one of those or a Titanfall type. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh, what's the game that just came out? Indie game, something like Gigantic Army. I think it's called. Oh my god, Titanfall! Comes I hear out that's a, really awesome. Titanfall comes out in a little bit over a month, so I'm excited about that. <gasps> Is that it? Are we done? With yeah, that we're one? done. Yep. I've got, I got uh, my stopwatch here today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to create four video game-themed holidays, including observance practices and the most appropriate days to celebrate them. Oh, wow. Video game-themed <laughs> uh, holidays? Four of them? Yes. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog, the original Sonic the Hedgehog came out on my dad's birthday, which is June 23rd. So but that's if sad. we did a Sonic the Hedgehog birthday, that would be... Uh, also my dad's birthday, so that would be easy to remember. And uh, it's sometimes Father's Day, so that would be extra creepy. Okay, so we'll do that, June 23rd, Sonic Sonic <laughs> plus Tim's dad's day. What do you uh, do we'll on do, Sonic uh, Day? We'll do, we'll do Sonic Tuesday, uh, November 24th, right? Yeah. And then we'll do uh, no, Sonic Tuesday. it has Tuesday. to be the Tuesday that falls on November 24th. Oh, right, right, you're right, you're right. So and then it we'll has do to be Sonic- the... Yeah, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in other words, people Tuesday. have Tuesday off, and then they have to go back to work on Wednesday, and then they have to <laughs> then they get off for the the four day weekend. And then uh, I think Groundhog Day should be a holiday, and uh, Sonic Three debuted on Groundhog Day, I believe. So, so, so that's you three. Play that forever for ten thousand years. What are the <laughs> observances of these holidays? And uh, let's. Abandon this Sonic for every holiday joke. Well, it's not every. We got three. We got one more. Okay. Uh, I, I have a the last one. Uh, Saint Experiences Day, and you uh, you you have to go out and uh, and level up some aspect of your personality that or or physicality that has not yet uh, reached its apex. So mm. whatever day Video Ball comes out will be a national holiday. Right. Uh, that's actually a, a point that should be brought up right you now. Just, you just mean that you're going to release it on like Labor Day or Arbor Day, not that it will be declared. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure it's not already a holiday. <laughs> How about uh, September 9th? We do a Dreamcast Day so that we start yeah. remembering, so that we continue remembering for September 11th, so we don't don't uh, forget. Yeah, instead of forgetting. Yes. Yeah. And so everything we'll has to be painted orange with swirls. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, it's gonna be very festive, you know, decorative, beautiful, nice things around. I mean, it's like you know, it's like it's like uh, we'll adapt a culture that actually celebrates death, you know, like like uh, I think the Mexican culture does that, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah well, it'd be like yeah. the Day of the Dead, but uh, for video game systems. I, I like yeah. That. Yeah. 
But just the dream. Excellent opportunity to teach the young kids about old video games that they could be playing. uh... No, yeah, let's make it wider. Let's make that day the day for all dead consoles. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Consoles des muertes or something. Never forget. That's one (laughs) holiday I'm happy with. Uh, Let's let's try and nail down the others. Okay. Uh, Well, Sonic Tuesday. Okay, but we, you can only have one Sonic holiday. <laughs> but the other one has Tim's dad's birthday. That's really convenient. <laughs> we can just have Sonic. Sonic Tuesday would be. I don't know. You want? Don't you want these to kind of be sort of spaced out a bit from, uh, yeah. from each other? Yeah. My dad's birthday. Is okay, good. how about this? Uh, uh, the original Tomb Raider was released in Japan on Valentine's Day, and then it was uh, it was in the marketing materials that Lara Croft's birthday is Valentine's Day. So how about instead of Valentine's Day, we have a uh, Tomb Raider Day, and nothing of value would be lost. Yeah, and then uh, you play. Uh, Although you, if my wife is watching, I'm getting you a great present. I promise. You play mid 1990s uh, 3D <laughs> uh, action adventure games on that. Day. Okay, yeah, because holidays should be a, a reflection back, right? So yeah. Dead Consoles is a good one, and and that particular era is a good one. There's a yeah, lot of uh, a lot of mistakes to learn from. from it, it, it's kind of like Thanksgiving, where we're uh, thinking about the pioneer times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so Tomb Raider Day and and uh, Dead Console Console Day. Days. Yeah. The best time I ever had playing video games was when my dad and I played all the way through Second Densetsu Three together. Um, Not speaking yeah. it with speak Japanese. Well, it was, was the fun. translated version oh. that uh, that Neil Corthlet worked on. I think it was. Um, but uh, we we played all the way through that, and that was great. And when I was a kid, we tried to play all the way through, uh, I think it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for Commodore 64. That game's horrible. That game is very, not that great. A very bad game. loops forever, I think. Um, yeah, you have yeah. to get like, the right artifacts yeah. in the right order. Yeah, or yeah. So, but I still enjoyed it because I was doing it with my dad. So, you know, some sort of video games with your dad day. Uh, or or video games with your son, as the case may be. Video games uh, with your relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family mm. big, family game family day. Game day. Family <laughs> game day. Okay, family game day should be uh, the day that the Wii was released. It should be in the middle yeah. of July. Yeah, it should be summer vacation. School. Yeah. And they haven't yet driven their parents insane for the summer. Yeah, there's right. a whole That's bunch of. Fun. Maybe it could be on the last day of school. We would have to. Uh, because I remember my my greatest video game memory, I think I've mentioned this before, was uh, the last day of school in uh, seventh grade when I got out of school and my mom had bought me a giant Sprite. She, she First of all, we didn't have to walk home from school. We got out of school and there was my mom's car and uh, she was like, hey, I got you guys some McDonald's and uh, not only is the video store uh, in, the, in, in the, the commissary on the base – Renting Super Nintendo games, but here's Final Fantasy 2 and uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Mm. And I, I drank a giant Sprite and I ate two supersized fries while uh, playing Legend of the Mystical Ninja and Final Fantasy 2. Best two-player game ever. Yeah, Tim, me and my brother had a real good time. If you and had to that, rank the best days of your life, what would that come in as? I don't know. I'm going to try not to think about that question yet. I'll All think right. about it later. It's a good question, though. Yeah. Um, I so that's three holidays. Uh, but Sonic Tuesday. Time. Yeah, Sonic okay. Tuesday. Sonic Tuesday. <laughs> Fine. That yeah, way we ruined the Thanksgiving week for yeah, offices. Yeah. I like that. 
Uh, we could do tie-ins with Sonic Burger for, you know... And every oh, yeah. year there would be a new Sonic game would have to be released on that day. Yep. Yeah, that's the, the only day you're legally allowed to release Sonic games. Yeah. And uh, and uh, as the... You know, like Dick Clark did New Year's Rockin' Eve, we would have Conan O'Brien would play the the new Sonic game start to finish on TV every oh, year. Oh, man. And, and it would be horrible, and he would hate it. Yeah, and there would be a national lottery, and if you if you are selected, you have to play it. You have to join him. You have to, you have and to you go have to, to marathon it. There you go. That's the Sonic Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. So Dylan, our listener, uh, he has a question, which I have included in the show. Uh some of us have never played a Castlevania game before. What are the good ones, and what's a good place to start? Three, four, and Dracula X for the TurboGrafx-16. I would say the mm. only one worth playing at all is Castlevania Dracula X Rondo of Blood for the TurboGrafx-16. Mm-hmm. The other ones are all just forget about them. No yeah. offense to people who like them. But, uh, and I, I know a lot of people like four, but I, and I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before. But I feel like four was just this rush job. Yeah, it's well, cool. It does it's, have the whip thing, and I had a lot of fun with that when I was a it's, kid. It's a cool game, and it's real fun. But uh, it's a neat thing. It's a neat artifact because it's it's a remake of the first Castlevania mm-hmm. uh, in in a weird sense. I mean, in Japan, it's just called uh, so. Okay, so Castlevania one is called Akimajo Dracula, like Demon Castle Dracula, and then the Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo in Japan is just called Akamajo Dracula, Demon Castle. It's the same title. Mm-hmm. It's it's supposedly the same game, just redone with a different style. But uh, Dracula X, Rondo of Blood, for the TurboGrafx-16 CD and or PC Engine mm-hmm. Duo, PC Engine CD, whatever it is you want to call it, is one of the best action games that has ever been made. Yeah. It's, it's definitely in like the top five. Kim, let's assume that our listeners don't have access to heritage consoles. Uh, and they have to start on the new, the current consoles? They need to get an easily accessible Castlevania. Where's Nintendo Wii, Virtual Console, Castlevania X, Dracula, Rondo, Dracula X, Rondo of Blood. Well, that, that answers my question. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you want to talk about new, recent Castlevanias... Uh, uh, your best bet is probably learn how to read and read a book. <laughs> read any book off yeah, the okay. shelf. Read any book off the library shelf. Can I suggest uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? That's a good That's one a good to start one. with. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. Uh, what about the Symphony of the Night? Symphony of the Night's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it don't it, have that snap, it don't have that stick, and it don't have that crunch of <laughs> Rondo of Blood. No, it, it ain't got that swing. I've always thought Rondo of Blood is the better game, but you know, there's it's, definitely something to be said for Symphony of the Night. I mean, like that's the reason why people call those games Metroidvanias. Exactly, exactly. Um, and people you don't mean a flip if it ain't got that whip. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> people like to. They really like to love on that Castlevania Rondo or not Rondo of Blood uh, Symphony, Symphony of the, of the Night, night. Mm-hmm. and it's like. I remember playing it, and this is no joke, I remember playing it in 1998, and first of all, thinking it doesn't have that snap, it doesn't have that stick, it doesn't have that crunch. Exactly right? those words? Exactly those words. have just been storing that for all I'm these ready years. Ready for them. Just it's for like, tonight. I'd played Castlevania 3 on the NES, and I liked it, uh, much as I can't play it anymore, because I think the level design is just atrocious, but... 
uh, Rondo Trolls Blood. No Rondo movie. Blood, meanwhile, is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. But uh, 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 Rondo Blood is a beautiful traditional Castlevania game in the mm-hmm. old style. But I remember playing Symphony of the Night, and just it's like I remember EGM giving it all nines and being like, "You can level up, and you get all these weapons." And I remember seeing it and being as annoyed with the level ups and the weapons as people are now today with microtransactions and stuff like Farmville. And it's like, I don't know if y'all notice, but that's where it started. It didn't start with Farmville. It started with with putting RPG elements into Castlevania. What is Castlevania? Castlevania is a hard, heavy action game. It's a miserable pile of secrets. Exactly. It's a it's a miserable pile of hard, heavy action. Oh, and such great, terrible and dialogue. It's, it's like Symphony of the Night was. Uh, they put a little bit of. Uh, they they tried to make it feel more like a world, and that's cool. I, Castlevania Two did that as well, mm-hmm. but but it was also a hard, heavy world. Mm-hmm. And it's like they 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 made it accessible, and it's. Uh, that's <laughs> not saying that making your game accessible is bad, but. It's just not as good as Rondo of Blood. Now, Hard and Heavy World. Double H. With, uh, w. What the hell happened when they made the, the Rondo uh, Dracula X for Super Nintendo, but the really awful rendition of the... It's, o- it's okay. It's not, it's, not, it's not good. It's okay, it's not but great. it's like they took ev- like everything that's perfectly right about the, the TurboGrafx version, they should have just... They should have done the exact same game, but somewhere along the way, it I think they just completely wrong. I feel like they had to just like completely re-engineer the game, like pixel for pixel. Yeah, <laughs> and then something got like messed two up. teams that didn't talk to each other at any point. Castlevania Bloodlines is also really good. Oh, the Genesis because it's a hard action game. Yeah. It's not as heavy as Rondo of Blood. I like I like talking about heavy action. Games. Does it have the like, snap and the crunch and the other thing? It does not have all the snap and all the crunch. It's some of the crunch. It has uh-huh. some of the stick. Oh, but, okay. uh, I actually like Bloodlines a lot. Uh, but it's it's fun to play just as a weird action game. All right. So our final answer is get on Virtual Console and get uh, Rondo of Blood or Castle or that most like. recent two D one Order of Ecclesia for the DS is pretty good because it's pretty hard. Hmm. All right. Or it should be hard, or what's the point? You can't play it for the story because the stories are universally atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Right? Although that's kind of the fun of it sometimes. Something it's like it's that. kind it's kind of fun if you're 16 and it's your first time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's fair. like for me, it's like yeah. if I want to play an, a Castlevania game, I, it's when I want to play a hard, heavy action game. Hard and heavy, H and H. Yeah, bad stories are like sex. They're only fun when you're 16 and it's your first time. Exactly. Uh, exactly. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have great analogies, Frank. Shut up. Uh, That's you good. Have I the, like that one. Next you question. The, you have the power to nullify one trademark, copyright, or patent. How do you use this to better video games as a whole? Mm. Uh, cross-shaped D-pad would be pretty good, but is that even true? That's a good question. Is is there right. even really a, a a patent on the cross-shaped D-pad that everybody? It's rumored Nintendo has it. Uh, I'm pretty sure there would have been a lot more cool 2D games on the uh, Xbox 360 if it weren't for that D-pad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have had a lot. I would have had a lot more fun with Spelunky if the official Xbox 360 D-pad had been. 
I can't think of any patents that are for a technology things. that only like one person or one company uses or licenses. Like, I don't know. Are people still paying Magnavox for stuff? <laughs> like for the you know for the the patent they filed for the Odyssey one. I mean, is that still a concern? I don't think it is. I like to it pretend is. it is. I like to pretend someone has to write a check to Ralph Bayer every time they make a game. <laughs> <laughs> I I can think of a couple of like user interface patents that I'd like to see nullified. Like what? Let's hear those. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, like the 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 rubber band scrolling thing uh, on the iPhone because I, uh, I I. I, I like to do that in my UIs because I love to make UIs. That's why I make RPGs probably is because I'm obsessed with, like, windows and text boxes and scrolling things and stuff, and I want to make them snap and do that. Stick and, and crunch. Stick and crunch. And, you know, I believe it's patented, and, I, uh, you know, I would like to not get sued someday for if I do it or not. I can't remember if I do. I think I might, so don't tell anybody. Um... Especially not anybody at Apple. Good um, old Apple. Yeah. I, I also don't there. think they'd give rats ass. Uh, but uh, They're making it hand over yeah. fist yeah, over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Money. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you know the hand over the fist isn't another patent. fist, Tim? Like, uh, I mean, I'd love to see some of the patents on, on like... Uh, I think all the patents on the Super Nintendo have expired, haven't they? They've made like, like patents systems and stuff. Like, oh the yeah, hardware yeah. patents. Um, I think technically they have, but I mean there are proprietary parts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't think that you can use the the Sony made sound chip that's in the Super Nintendo. Be nice if that was something you could manufacture. Yeah, I know a lot of chiptune musicians who'd probably like that. Um, but that wouldn't really change video games. Camera. That would just make some things more convenient. You know, it wouldn't like change the landscape. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't think of any video game patents that really number yeah. anything I've ever done. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go with a copyright or a patent. What if we made yeah. some series public domain? Oh, okay. That's a little more interesting. Um, I mean, not that the other one wasn't, but it's something I think I can play with more. Uh. Hmm. God, where do I? The, the problem with that one is like I want to. I, I, it's a kid in a candy store. Like, oh God, I could. I could nullify the the final the Chrono Trigger patents or the Chrono Trigger trademarks and and do like, you know, an actual proper sequel to it. That'd be pretty awesome. Or oh wait, wait, somebody who has train wrecked a game series. Um, I mean, Sonic's the obvious one, but... You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for video games as a whole. So keep in mind, when you open these floodgates, anyone can come through. I don't think think making any any video game franchise public domain is going to, like, create good games. Right. Yeah, I think people can make better Sonic games than Sega does, but I don't think, like... You think magically? I don't think it's magically going to happen if he's public domain. Um, and I don't think it's going to like benefit everybody. It's just you know there'll be some decent Sonic games, big deal. Um, I feel like uh, video games uh, or Sonic or whatever would be uh, I don't know making a character public domain is kind of different from a patent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I said copyright, trademark, or patent at the top of this. And copyrights, trademarks, or patents. Yes. Doesn't doesn't EA have like sole Ownership over making football games. I feel like somebody could make a better that, football game. That would probably mm. be good. 
That'd be yeah. good for like the whole industry, probably. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, I've already made a better football game. It's called Video Ball. <laughs> Comes out on um, RBA. You've really made a better football game than football itself. It's better than football. It's video ball. <laughs> it's got more syllables. That makes it better. Yep. This Vid- is a, this e- is a, oh two this, more syllables. Just, just a good you, question. No. Yeah. Have I have I already discussed on the show that uh, I want uh, copyright submissions to require full source code? Hmm. No, you haven't. Or I don't remember. I spaced out. Well, that, I mean, I don't know if that counts or if that answers your question, but like, it doesn't. There's a cat back there. I saw it. Okay. Frank's cat. My cat. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah. around. He's on camera, or he was. Yeah, that was in there. Cat's on camera. Sorry, I got excited. But yeah, uh, having having a copyright submission require all that. That's cool. Yep, because that way it's just stored in Library of Congress or whatever, and it's just there. Uh-huh. And uh, when when companies inevitably are like, "Oops, we lost it," then there's a place they can go get it. Yeah, Frank, so would, uh, Frank. Would other people be able to access it? Um, competitors or uh, no? I mean, when you when you when you when you submit something to the copyright office, no, it, no, no one can access it unless you unless you, the owner of that copyrighted material, grant permission. Okay. Wait, um, Frank, I what? had no idea. I had no idea you were so into video game preservation. Yeah, it's weird, right? Right. Yeah. Did your Tim lived in Japan once? VGP, huh? VGP. All right, um, let's move on. Yeah. That let's was yeah. Uh, okay, we got one more question. Uh, OMQ. What, what is the Smash Mouth's All Star of video game music? <laughs> All of it. No, wait. Actually, I think you might be right. Like, you know. There's a huge swath of video game music that all sounds exactly like, uh, I mean, not exactly like, but is heavily, heavily influenced by, like, Highway Star, you know? Uh, And so, like, there's this whole section that has a, you know, kind of upbeat, I don't know, uh, flavor like that. Um, Just trying to imagine trying to get a boner while All Star is playing. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. That's, That's really tough. I can't imagine not. Oh, baby. But uh, there's just so much video game music that just sounds like a, like a, like a deflated boner. <laughs> like, uh, what does a deflated boner sound like? Is this... <laughs> this sounds like a deflated boner. It's really loud. Good. I actually like that song a lot, but man, I don't want to have intercourse with that. This song is... Okay, so it, so it has to be a song that comes on too often and is annoying. Yeah. Right? So maybe it's a game where they keep playing the same song way too often, like... like uh, it's it it celebrates a power up or something that you get all the time. I no, I got one for you. The uh the 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 level one one music from all the new Super Mario Brothers games. The and, and like when the yeah. little it it's the one where like the Koopas like go, bah, yeah. Bah, yeah. Bah, you know. Oh, the, they use it in like four of them. It feels like the new. Oh, they do. They use yeah. they use that as the theme, and it's yeah. really really. Uh, I say it. It sounds like a Brazilian Teletubby sex tape. It's it's really really bad. It does not have the like uh, 
uh, magnetic attraction of, of the the earlier stuff. Is it still Koji Kondo who does the? Uh, no, Lord, no, he's yeah. gone. Okay, he's, I didn't think gone. so. Well, I th- I, no, I think I think Kondo wrote that song. No, he sure didn't. I looked it up. I, we okay. we had a conversation about it, and I looked into it. Okay, it was that sound team of like. 12 people now that they have in charge yeah, of doing that it's, stuff. It's got nothing on old uh, Koji. All KK. So I think if this counts, I'm going to say that Offspring song from Crazy Taxi. Oh, that's that's on my list as well. Uh, I, actually, I would count it. I would count that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would dare say like almost any American uh, like uh, pop music on any video game soundtrack just drives me nuts. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of one co- exception was the Jet Set Radio soundtrack. That's sort um, of copping out though. It is yeah, totally it is. That's why out. I said if it counts. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows it's terrible. I'm trying to think of just like first of all, the video game has to be sort of ubiquitous. The video game that it's in has to be sort of big. Yeah. And then the music has to be particularly bombastic. And uh man, that Kirby's Dreamland theme song is is a pretty good example of of a very uh, it's it's catchy because God God knows you're going to remember it but it's just such a big dumb sounding piece of music <laughs> I mean it's really big and stupid the the Kirby's Dreamland mm-hmm. song which I believe I played a couple minutes ago all right it's yeah I mean but then again. Again, you know, I couldn't get a boner. If I heard, if I came into someone's house uh, and I was on quote unquote a date, and and uh, when I got out of the bathroom, the the date person was sitting on the sofa and that song was playing, I would feel <laughs> like I would feel like I had failed to pack something crucial, you know, uh, what for whatever that means. I would like like that that song or Smash Mouth in that same scenario. Uh, it's like. If somebody has those two songs, if you want to start saying what's the Smash Mouth All Star video games like, or video game music, uh, the Smash Mouth All Star video games is all of them. Probably Bioshock is probably the Smash Mouth All Star video games. But uh, if you want to start comparing that to video game music, it's like imagine a playlist that would have both. You know, <laughs> like and, and imagine imagine the sort of person, uh, maybe an eight bit cover. Of the Katamari Damacy Lonely Rolling Star song, <laughs> like you can imagine, uh, you know, guy in a trench coat at Penny Arcade Expo has that mm-hmm. on a playlist with Smash Mouth's All Star when he has sex with his polyamorous Burning Man girlfriend. <laughs> you know, you can imagine that, right? I'm, yeah, I, I, I cannot not imagine it as I sit here next to you and you describe. Oh it. boy. <laughs> I, I think about this sort of stuff. Uh, I might I might be writing an article on the subject of this for uh, for Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah. Wait, literally? Yeah, literally. I already oh, it's, it's already mostly done. It's uh, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it too. No, much, no. But, uh, it's it's gonna be funny. I look forward to your next ten thousand word masterpiece. Oh, it's gonna be more than that because awesome. the the topic is actually songs that I like this is uh, attacking the impossible task of creating a 90 minute playlist of video game music that is uh, actually conducive to decent intercourse <laughs> or enhancing the experience and it's it is very difficult it is excruciatingly difficult to come up with anything cuz uh now I'm thinking about it way too much can you give us a taste just one um, piece yeah what's well, the, what's the lead track on this mixtape uh 
Oh man, this wouldn't spoil anything, but the Katamari Damashi Rolling uh, Lonely Rolling Star, the actual song, is on there on the condition that the entire playlist be played at a slightly lower than engaged listening volume. So not like heck yeah, I'm listening to music, like lower than that. All right, I really like the Noby Noby Boy cover of that song. Yeah, I like that one as well, with the guitar. Yeah. Got yeah, guitar. yeah, I like that. I like that one. Hmm. Okay. That could. Maybe I could replace it with that. Hmm. Uh, it's time for our final round. We're going to play a game we've played once before. It's called... Lightning Red? Yeah. It, this game, it hasn't been the Lightning Round game, though, uh, but now it is. Uh, I'm calling it uh, Best to Worst, where I give you uh, five unrelated things, and you have to rank them from best to worst. Okay. Uh, the five things are, so uh, get a pad and paper or whatever yeah, you have yeah. on handy. You can just drop them in the chat and then read them to us. Yeah, I that'd be that too. Uh, the five things are opening cutscenes, space exploration, in television, mirror bosses, and voice actor stunt casting. What? Voice actor stunt casting? Yes, that's what, what is you voice mean? actor stunt casting. Yeah, what's that? When you cast a famous person as a voice actor for a Oh. Movie. Why is that a stat? That one's the worst right there, because that seems pretty much the worst to me. I don't know, but that Elijah Wood and, and that Jack Black are in that Broken Age, and that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, but that's not really stunt ca- Like, Jack Black, I, I I don't see him as being, like, stunt casting. I think, like, uh, well, Keeper he, Sutherland in... Oh, so you want, you want to say it has to be a bad, an instance of bad celebrity voice yeah. acting? It, it, well, has to, it has to, it has to be, like, a, like a DreamWorks movie, I think. It's, just, it's just, done for the, for yeah. the heck of it, for the point. Yeah. It's right, like the, as the opposed to Elijah Wood and Jack Black are actually good voice actors. Like, and they're and also Medity. they were also they're, selected uh, for integration into the game, not yeah, for, yeah. Okay. yeah. And they're both nerdy enough that I think they're probably like legitimately into it. You know, I would say casting uh, Patrick Stewart as Uriel Septim in uh, Oblivion counts as voice actor stunt casting. Yeah. Yes, that's definitely voice yeah, actor yeah. stunt casting. Or uh, Liam Neeson in Fallout 3, it would be stunt casting. So is yeah. that worse than... Oh, Liam Neeson. God, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> is uh, is that worse than opening cutscenes? Yeah, I would say that's worse than opening cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. I've Open... seen a couple of opening cutscenes pretty good, but I can't think of it. There's a couple time. opening cutscenes that are all right. I, uh, uh, one of the games I want to make has what I think is a fantastic opening cutscene. I think Panzer Dragoon's Vi has a fantastic opening cutscene, but... In general, I would rather a game start with you playing, and I think uh, if that were a rule, that would be really nice. So mm-hmm. I would put that second from the bottom. Sure, I think that's uh, fair. Would I put that under in television or above? Oh, in television, God. a lot of trash. On yeah, it really. Yeah, in television, it, as an on like if you average it out, eh, there's a couple of good games, but uh, yeah. and and it's and, and, and I like. In television, aesthetically, I like its historical importance, but yeah, uh, neat looking no. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that is the second worst thing. Yeah, in television, and I'm gonna put opening cutscenes above that, which leaves us with space exploration and mirror bosses. So that's space two. exploration could be cool. Yeah, but I've never really played like that. No Man's Sky game looks like it has really cool space exploration. Mm-hmm. Star Control Two has fantastic space exploration, so I guess that counts. I, uh, I would say it's the best. I've never games. played um, Elite, but I feel like that thing that it conveys of of an infinite universe 
is is pretty cool um, and and I could in theory play something that gives me that feeling so I like space exploration probably the most on this list yeah. in theory me too mm-hmm. and then mirror bosses uh, if we can just clarify what it, what a mirror boss is that's like when you that's fight when you fight a boss that has similar abilities to you I like that okay yeah, yeah. I like, I like that a those lot. a lot Oh, so yeah. like Mega Man when Mega Man fights all the oh. Shadow Mega Mans and stuff. Like and then uh, Sh- Shadow Zelda oh. or Shadow Final Mega Boss Man. of Zelda Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's oh, actually, actually, you know, that. Well, I think one of the best I bosses think space in space exploration has a lot bigger range of possibilities. Oh, well, we're, we've already bosses. said we're putting yeah, yeah. it first. Yeah, like yeah. we're putting space. Oh, right. Checking maybe it could have been. Oh, we're oh we're gonna leave it up. But there. yeah, yeah, space but, uh, is bigger than mirrors. So uh, I think one of the best bosses in video games is, is the uh, the dude. Uh, Julius Belmont at the end of Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, which is one yeah. of the Castlevanias I did not recommend, because he's just similar. He's the same size as you. He jumps and he moves and he backsteps and he downward kicks just like you, and it's just a fantastic boss fight. Right. Uh, okay, so that's uh, space exploration, mirror bosses, opening cutscenes in television, and voice actor stunt casting, which is fun yep. to say. Voice actor stunt casting. Mm-hmm. And we have been insert credit podcasting, uh, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to check out more, you can go to podcast.insertcredit.com. You could join the Facebook group, facebook.com/icpodcast. You could follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Alex Jaffe. Tim's at one zero eight. Frank's at Frank Cifaldi. Cifaldi is spelled C-I-F-A-L-D-I. Uh, Adam, I don't know your Twitter address. It's at the Adam Ripon. Uh, Ripon has two P's, and the is the word that the. is the. Not yeah. the Adam Ripon. It, it, it's not like, allow me to bump thee. No, no, not, 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 yeah, not like the, like, uh, Old English, the, or the hour, or whatever. No. Right. So, uh, do we have, um, we have time The for Adam one? Ripon, because the other Adam Ripon, the figure skater, uh, who did not make it into the Olympics, thank God, because <laughs> I would have been completely buried in the press. Uh, although actually I was rooting for him because I wanted to be able to fly out to Philadelphia and be like, dude, you want a gold medal in the Olympics? You have to let me wear it. I'm the original Adam Ripon. I'm the oldest. I get a picture with it. He doesn't Um, have the Twitter. Frank, we do have time for plugs. Okay, so uh, Adam, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I just got uh, a bunch of followers. That's kind of cool. I'm uh, working on uh, Dragon Fantasy... uh, Book one for 3DS and book two for all the other systems except for 3DS and because uh, uh, of legal reasons. Um, but um, I'm working on uh, getting book two onto more platforms uh, real soon, and uh, gonna gonna probably work on a green light video with this guy here. Um, it's going to be incredibly exciting. So please. GLV, Greenlight. Yeah, Adam, I've only played three role-playing games on the iOS. Uh, One was a remake uh, of the original Final Fantasy, and Mm -hmm. of those three, uh, Dragon Fantasy was the best one I played. There you go. There you go. That that is a back-of-the-box quote. Of the three RPGs I played, this (laughs) one's my favorite. This one is definitely the best. (laughs) Top oh, one of <laughs> top one of my top three of. Three. Hey, Dragon Fantasy one and Final Fantasy one going head to head on iPhone. I feel good about that. You know. Yeah. Final Fantasy one, man. I don't ever want to play that game. Well, whoa, Final Fantasy six is out on yeah. iOS right yeah, now. Yeah, I actually got it this morning so I could see whether or not it was the worst thing ever. 
Seems pretty bad. Yeah, but they did fix a couple of things that really bugged me about the other ones the Android? that they've done. Like the 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 scaling they're doing on the iPad. Yeah, on ways. No, it's on my iPad. But I can here you can download it for free because of the you know you iCloud or whatever. Well, I guess um, I can't. Uh, but I guess what I was that? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was I was excited about free things. Yeah. Free. Oh, you were excited about free things. That's how you thought you said three things. I was like, well, list them, please. That would be lovely. <laughs> um, I do love to list things at a rip Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it's less terribly broken uh, in stupid ways than than five was, which like the way they render the tiles in five made me physically ill. It was cryfacey, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it made me want to render them. Yes, yes. It made me want to. Um, Get rather punchy. Um, Get punchy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I I played it for all of ten minutes, um, and I kind of thought the battle system was not terrible, but, like, kind of get your finger all over the screen-y. I feel like this is another topic, and we're trying to close the show. So uh, I would like to plug... Sorry. I thought we were already done. Yeah, Yeah, so... uh, yeah, so uh, I was out last week because I was uh, shooting something for this documentary series I mentioned two episodes ago called yeah. Outerlands. It is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's the former One Up Show guys. They got a cool little series they want to do. Uh, six hour-long episodes is the plan. If this thing gets funded on Kickstarter, I will be uh, involved in possibly producing the episode on game preservation, which could uh, allow me to travel and do some research work I really want to do but can't afford to do. So if you care about that, if you care about uh, video game preservation in general or people making cool stuff or, I don't know, you just got some money to spend, the address is bit.ly slash Outerlands. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Outerlands. Uh, there's eight days to go, and it's uh, cutting it kind of close. So If you text you me to remind me to do it after this, I will probably do that. Okay. All right. All right, everybody, go back that thing, please. Yeah, I, I really want to. Thank you to this. thank you to Blaine Brown, our editor, and that's pretty much everything. Uh, send your questions into podcast at insertcredit.com. I've been getting a lot of good ones lately, so kudos. Keep it up. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Safaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Adam Ripon. And now you're playing with podcasts. Podcast over, yeah.